Welcome to the Thursday edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I am Kevin Cole. I am joined, as always, on Thursdays by Lee Sharp. We do not have a Thursday night game. Uh, Thursday night, we're in we're in uh, mourning over the loss of Thursday night football for, <laughs> for the rest of this year. But we do have a special Friday night football game between the New Orleans Saints and the Minnesota Vikings that we'll talk about some. But we also have a full slate of games on three on Saturday, the rest on Sunday, and then a Monday night game. We can talk about everything going on in week 16. Lee, uh, let me ask you, when you when you look at everything that's going on, how would you rate this this slate as far as from a betting perspective? Um, Opportunity I, wise, say, I guess. I, I'd say I'd say mid. There's there's some good spots that I like. It's not like uh, I'm, uh, it's amazing, but you know I, I like it better than than some of the past weeks we've had. Uh, so um, I you know I, I I feel good about it. That's good. That's good. Now let's let's start with. I know you you mentioned to me before we started taping that you have a handful of potential plays or leans. G- g- give me give me the gusto right off of the bat. What's what's your what's your what's the number one game that you're looking at right now? Uh, number one game that I'm looking at, honestly, is uh, Chicago Jacksonville. I actually really like uh, the seven and a half with uh, the Jags uh, right now. Uh, that lo- that was a look ahead of four and a half, mm. uh, and I just don't believe that there was really a whole lot that we saw last week uh, to to move. I mean, I know that obviously the the, the Bears did play a good game. Uh, they're, they're using uh, against the Vikings. They are using more play action, uh, and it does make Trubisky look better. Um, the Vikings defense, though, is pretty pretty mediocre in the games before that, where, where you know people are also crediting Trubisky's play. They're they're playing pretty terrible defenses, and, and Jacksonville is good is certainly another another terrible defense. I don't want to I don't want to talk up Jacksonville's defense or anything, but I you know this just I, it seems like they're giving uh, far too much credit. Uh, to, to something that is, you know, that, that you have to believe that they have just fundamentally changed to Trubisky is. And I'm unwilling to believe that a lot of uh, such a small sample of, of, of behavior. I would want to I'd want to see it for longer. And it's just, I just don't think it's going to be there. And I, would, I especially with three points of movement and you're getting on the right side of seven. I, would, I, I really like taking the Jacksonville side here. OK, now, first thing I'll say is. You know, we all have to know our own our own biases, and um, I'm I'm looking at you now, wearing uh, for those who can't see here, wearing a Chicago Bears uh, beanie there. And is it possible that you're just a self-hating Bears fan, and that's really the motivation <laughs> for this? Um, so this is like a, an emotional hedge here, for instance, so that well, you could say, "Oh well, at least you know I got my." I got my my Jags when the Bears put up a pathetic performance <laughs> against the Jaguars. Is that is that a possibility? I'm just throwing it out there, just because we have to take well, everything into consideration, it, not just the data, cer- but also the soft factors here. It's true. It's certainly true that I'm a soft hating Bears fan. That <laughs> okay. is not disputable. Uh, whether it's taking a biasing line, I don't know. You know, you always try to try to uh, gotta control your own biases, right? But you know, I mean. The live movement is is real, and three points over the seven is a lot, and 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 uh, you know, uh, sort of who who the Jags' words have played is a lot. Uh, I 
you know, I, I, I've obviously, if you've, if you've seen my tweets, feel pretty strongly that this is uh, somewhat unsustainable. Uh, what, what, what people are now talking up as the great, you know, Trubisky awakening or whatever. That uh, I'm just, I'm just not buying <laughs> the Mitch into Quake. it. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, okay. Two other things. First, we, I, I, the last thing I saw, Doug Marone hasn't committed to whether or not. Gardner Minshew is going to play, or I guess they would go back to, to Mike Glennon, right? That's really the only other uh, credible option there. Does that matter? Um, I do think it does. I modeled this with Minshew, who I think is the better, the best of the, the quarterbacks that Jacksonville has. He certainly graded, had the highest PFF grade of the three that they've played this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if, if it's... I, I'm less excited about it if it's uh, Glennon, for sure. But, uh, you know, um, I, I, I certainly like it more with Minshew. Okay, and the last part that has to be acknowledged, the elephant in the room, the tank. So <laughs> this, I, okay, I'll say, I think it's from the Jets' perspective, you know, to, to say you're just going to, like, tank a whole year and just week after week tank, 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 I think that that doesn't happen. I agree. Coaches are not trying to tank. Players are not trying to tank. Um, But if you're gifted Trevor Lawrence with only two weeks left in the season, it's not like you have to have this horrible grind of loss after loss. loss. It's just two weeks. Just two weeks. Now, I know Doug Marone is probably not going to be back, so it's not like he is coaching for his his, – you know, he's, he, it's not like he's going to purposely sabotage and then continue on and enjoy the spoils of having Trevor Lawrence going go, going forward. But is there any inkling of a tank, a, a tanking aura going on throughout throughout the stadium that could have an effect on this game? Um, I don't know. Like you just said, I'm pretty skeptical of tanking narratives myself. Right? I like coaches are are you know, competing or trying to keep their jobs or trying to build their resumes for potential future jobs if they think they're going to be leaving. You know, players are playing for their next contract and, 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 and you know, their reputation and their how they're thought of. Nobody, want, none of those people want to lose. The people who might want to lose are ownership. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, because they they want Lawrence, and you know, obviously the Jags have fired their GM. Is it possible that you know the owners coming to you know Doug Marone and going, I want you to not play Gardner Minshew because he's afraid that they're going to win, and Doug Marone like that they're more likely to win with with Gardner Minshew, and 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 Doug Marone just has to do that. I think that's a possibility. That's about the most that I could see in terms of the tank sort of affecting this game, right? Like, they're not going to tell him, we want you to lose on purpose. He's not going to try to lose on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Now, there, okay, I don't know if there really is a 100% tank history, but it, it maybe it's kind of silly in, in um, looking back at it uh, now with hindsight, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did kind of tank game week 17 2014 believe it or not to get to get Javis Winston I know it sounds weird in, in retrospect I mean what happened was they were up 27 20 to 7 at halftime they pulled almost all of their starters except for they didn't pull the quarterback who was 
Josh McCown, so, you know, um, who's had some runs. So there there was something going on there. So that's something to look out for. But, again, that was a Week 17 thing. So maybe maybe Week 17 it's something to, to, to keep in mind. Okay, so we got... We're going anti anti bears. I can get behind that. Mitch Mitch will will come down again. We're in the cycle of Mitch. Where we're at a high point now, and the trough is is coming. Uh, what else What else are you looking at on the slate? Um, actually, the Friday game, uh, the Viking Saints. I All think right. that is uh, a game that I, I you know I think there's a good opportunity there with the the seven that I'm now seeing. It was six and a half in the look ahead. It was seven and a half earlier in the week. So. Even if you take it at seven now, you're not getting the best of the number. But I still think that that you know seven's a lot of points, and you know this is this is the better quarterback getting points. Uh, I don't think the Vikings are the better team. I think the, the seven is deserved. But you know if you look at that at, 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 in terms of 2020, Drew Brees in 2020 has not been playing like the Drew Brees of the past that we know is great. And uh, you know he looked. He looked not great in the first half of the the Chiefs game. He looked better towards the second half. So you know maybe he was just kind of some uh, you know needed to to get in back into the swing of things so to speak. But uh, you know we're not a hundred percent sure that he's fully recovered from his injury. But even then, if he is fully recovered, I expect him to be playing like twenty twenty breeze and not you know the breeze of the past. Uh, and obviously Michael Thomas is somebody that Brees has relied on a lot and is not going to be playing for the rest of the regular season. So, Yeah, um, I mean, Brees looked pretty bad last week, but the defense looked really good. I mean, that was a – I know that the Chiefs put up 32 points, all that stuff, but the, the defense looked really strong. Now, the question with Brees is he is not graded well. He's in, I think, the teen somewhere for us from a, from a grading perspective. Um, but the numbers have been surprisingly okay. He's a top 10-ish sort of guy, EPA per play. Um, I know he's, he's had bad performances, but he also, remember that game against the Bucks a number of weeks back, he was, he was carving them up. So is it possible we have a little recency bias thinking that Breeze is more washed than he could potentially be uh, in this matchup in a dome? Yeah, I mean it's it's certainly possible. It's always one of the the tricky parts of uh, of uh, you know the the fun of betting, I guess, right? Is sort of when you see shifts in things, how much is signal and how much is noise. Um, he he could he could come back. Uh, you know, I, I frankly I hope he does. I think it would be football is a lot more entertaining when Drew Brees is good. But uh, you know, he was he was healthy coming into the start of the season and still just wasn't playing very well, right? You know, I mean he's in his forties and age catches up to people at different times but it catches it catches up to all of us eventually and uh i you know i just have trouble seeing him playing like like old breeze yeah yeah i mean it's it's not a perfect measure but i know for espn's qbr which is an epa based measure i'm looking at it now uh it's kind of a funny funny grouping here because breeze is actually number six believe it or not uh between baker mayfield and Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Right, what we thought we'd see at the at the beginning of the season. <laughs> Those three, uh, right above Russell Wilson, of course. We 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 saw that that ordering coming into coming into the season. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you here that I still think Cousins is is probably the the better quarterback here. But we'll see how, how it ends up matching up here. All right. So, what else do we got? Um, Eagles Cowboys. Uh... This game is, uh, you know, obviously the big the big story of the game is Jalen Hurts, um, you know, and, and, and how 
you know, the sort of narrative is that, you know, he has turned Eagles, the Eagles around after, you know, the disaster of Carson Wentz that the Eagles have been dealing with all, all season. Um, you know, now that line has shifted. It's now an Eagles minus two people. People seem to have been impressed with how well the Eagles did uh, uh, against Carolina, which, you know, it was basically right at the spread. I think the game closed at seven and then it was, you know, it was a seven point victory for the Cardinals. Um, grade wise, though, Hertz does not look good. Hertz is actually graded worse than Wentz so far this year, which is kind of remarkable. Yeah, I mean, I know he had um, a know, 40 grade in that first game, which, you know, clearly not great Bob situation, but um, I'm trying to think of where is he, where is he overall now? Let me just try to check it out. Um, yeah, he's at, he's at under 60 for for his grade, so that would put him below let me see here sorry so he is below Carson Wentz still still slightly below Carson Wentz above Drew Locke though so I guess there's there's there there's, hope, there's hope there yeah and and you know when I was like I, I was looking at his his passing information from the last week against the Cardinals he had four turnover worthy plays and no turnovers, right? That's that's not gonna sustain. Um, you know, it's it, it he they got very lucky with you know recovering all the fumbles and, and and such. It's I just you know I feel like people are gonna. I'm not saying to be clear. I don't want to say Hertz is terrible. Hertz is a bad quarterback. Like they shouldn't be starting him or whatever. I think they should be. I think it's smart to look and see what you have in him. But you know. He, he was a you know mid second round pick. I don't think we should be treating him like he's gonna be, you know, great until we see signs that he is great, and we have not seen that yet. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, I agree. And he, yeah, the fumbles also come into play with something that I was a little disappointed to see last week, and that is the the sacks. So he avoided taking a sack against the Saints, which was a pretty impressive. Uh, performance with that that pass rush and everything else that they have on that side of the ball but then um, last week I think he took four sacks but I, I'm not sure it's either four or five sacks so yeah not not, not very good there um, okay well, what else are we looking at um, other games I think those are probably my three big plays but some other other ones that I you know uh, lean on a bit uh, the one is the Sunday night game uh, that is uh, Tennessee Titans and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, that um, it op- uh, look ahead was four. At one point, it was at four and a half, but it's kind of kind of come down now to about three and a half. But even at three and a half, I still I still like the Titans. Um, EPA per play wise, you know the Titans are Titans offenses neck and neck, basically just slightly ahead, but basically tied with the Packers offense. Both of those offenses are 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 very good. Um, and, you know, I obviously, you know, you talked about the MVP conversation and, and, you know, it's kind of a Mahomes versus Rogers things. And I'm not saying that Tannehill should be in that conversation. I don't think he should be, but I do think as a result of that conversation, you know, the Titans get a little bit underestimated in terms of what their offense can do. Um, I thought you were going to say Derek Henry should be in that conversation. No, I would not. Uh, I would not put a running back in that uh, MVP conversation. He probably has. Uh, I think he has shorter odds than Tannehill, honestly. But go, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, I think he's probably more likely to get it than Tannehill. Yeah. I don't think he should. But anyway, um, the uh, you know, but 
and, and both of these defenses are, 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 are bad. The Packers defense, I would say, is better, but I don't think it's enough better that it justifies three and a half points. Right? The total is 56, which is huge. This is, you know, not going to be a game where, uh, you know, this is going to be a game with a lot of scoring, right? It's going to, it's going to, a lot of successful drives and, and, you know, the teams that slips up is the team, you know, some, if what the team that slips up more is probably going to be the one that, that comes out on the short stick, but short end of the stick, but, you know, at, at, at three and a half, you kind of got that extra protection there, right? Of like, Hey, if the Titans are the team that, that, uh, falls behind, you know, if it's only behind by a, a field goal, there you, you still are on the good side of the three. And, you know, I I don't think it's crazy. Like, no, I don't, it's certainly not crazy that the Titans could win this game. Uh, both, both, both teams have a lot to play for the pack. You know, I don't, I'm not, I don't buy hugely into motivation narratives, but you know, it's certainly not going to be a game where teams are resting their starters. The Packers are still looking for the, to lock up the home field advantage on the NFC side. The Titans still need to win the division against the, the Colts because they're tied in record right now to try to get their home playoff game. So, you know, I think that, that it's, this is a, this is a good spot to take Tennessee. Yeah, you know what's interesting is, um, I kind of had this perception that if you got ahead against the Titans, they would lose some of their offensive identity. Not, not I don't want to get in this football guy. You know, you got to run the ball sort of thing. But they lose the ability to credibly do play action and things like that. Yet there have been. I, I, this is somewhat anecdotal, but there have been two instances this season where they were getting crushed against the, the Steelers and against the Browns. And in both of those games, Tannehill threw them back in the game. I mean, they almost they almost won the Steelers game. I think they ended up losing by less than one score in the Browns game. I mean, admittedly, the Browns may not have been playing the most stout defense, but still, they were able to move the ball uh, and Tannehill was able to move the ball extremely effectively. So I think sometimes he gets lumped in with these quarterbacks who can only play when everything is going right or really so, so dependent upon the system. Uh, but yet when you look at, at some of his numbers, I'm just kind of bringing up some of the stuff now, um, it's not so bad, you know, as far as how he's able to play under under pressure you know he hasn't been great he hasn't been great under pressure that is something that i'm looking on here that he hasn't been great with but even without play action he's been pretty good he's been almost as good as he is with play action so he's not totally dependent upon the threat of the running game which is interesting in this one of these situations where if they get down if green bay starts piling up some points on them uh it doesn't neuter their offense yeah, I think that's a that's a really good point that that that, that angle is is often under considered. And if you consider the reverse situation, I think it can be potentially more advantageous for Tennessee, where if the Tennessee gets ahead earlier and the Packers are playing from behind, uh, Rodgers is obviously very good from behind. But the 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 Titans have a, a good running game, and they can, you know, they can they can wear the clock down and and do a lot. Packers have not. Uh, done a lot to defend the run uh, for the most part uh and i you know i i sort of like that i, I like this spot a lot for the titans yeah yeah it is going to be that that matchup that's what everyone's going to be looking at the the tennessee i'm sorry the the tennessee running game versus the packers run defense um by the numbers they're worse they're in the high 20s by success success rate and epa per play as a defense against the run uh everyone has seared into their memory 
uh, Raheem Moster running for f- roughly 5,000 <laughs> yards in the playoffs last year. So that's part of it. But I think on the other side of the ball, it's interesting with the the Titans' pass defense versus Aaron Rodgers because you have Rodgers who's maybe been the most efficient quarterback when he does not when he's not being pressured when he can play with that great offensive line and uh, again this is anecdotal information here I'm not sure the Titans even had a pressure in like six weeks <laughs> whenever I watch them play <laughs> that they have nothing going on up front so that that would have me a little that would be the thing I'd be concerned about if I if I was looking at Tennessee. Um, is that that offense is is not only can can they keep up with the Packers, but they're really going to have to to put up a lot of points to stay in this one. Yeah, I think you, that's the that's the risk I think with this line. I think you're right. Uh, I just kind of think you know, with, well, being on the right side of the three, uh, and and you kind of hope in some sense that the game script goes your way, that that you know you can keep, you can keep up, uh, so to speak, with with how good the Packers' offense is, but. Uh, you know that's why I kind of have this more as a lean than a than a pick, but uh, I, I'd, I'd certainly rather be on this side than laying three and a half with the Packers. All right, why don't why don't you give me uh, one more lean and then and then and then we we can wrap up. Yeah, um, this is kind of a bit uh, sort of uh, uh, you know kind of uh, talking. I think last time we were talking about the uh, the the Chargers. Uh, um, Chargers Raiders game right and and mm-hmm. you know we ended up taking uh, I ended up taking the the Chargers was a good pick but it did feel like how the game play out that it was it was fortunate in some ways uh, you know this time I think I'm I mean Mariota was pretty awesome in in he was, relief though. He was. so I mean it's possible Carr could have been better but that looked like the two best quarterbacks in the league just like we expected <laughs> coming into the season right yeah exactly yeah no and I think this time I'm a little I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more inclined to take uh, the other side in this, of the of the Chargers this time with the Broncos at the Chargers this week. Um, uh, that line is now at three and it's three even, so you're not even paying a, a you know a, a big. Uh, you just get it at flat at flat plus three, and um, you know the our PFF power rankings only have these teams at about one one point three points apart. That's that's very close. Um, you know, and and you know, while I do think that the Chargers are are you know, I do think that Herbert's better than Drew Locke. I don't think anybody would dispute that. I do think you know that the that the Chargers are the better team. Uh, I think it's closer than people think, and I think that Lynn is often going to screw stuff up. Uh, he has before, and he probably will again. And uh, you know, I just the the when you take the even and you get the three points. I think there's a little bit of value in this. Like this is a lean. It's not a. I don't. I don't. It's not. I don't think it's like a huge clear pick. But I. 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 I, I like the Broncos a bit in this spot. No, this is clearly just okay. If you were gonna say, I'm just gonna blindly bet the team coming off of the worst, the worst week, and the team coming off of a very strong week, two games, both nationally televised last week. Um, the Broncos being utterly pathetic in, in their matchup against the Bills. And then uh, Justin Herbert, I heard unironically being called the greatest rookie quarterback season ever I saw on Twitter. And I was like, oh, so slow down here. Like uh, That is a true, <laughs> truly amazing statement. So he's like league average, basically. I think Dan Marino is like the best quarterback in the NFL is his, his first year. Um, so... So yeah, I, I can see just purely if you're just gonna if you're just gonna bet against these overreactions on a week to week basis, which is what we love to do in the NFL, I, I can definitely see that there. 
All right. Well, Lee, thank you so much for for giving uh, your info here and to giving all of your plays for the week. I know, like I said, this is a little bit of a weird uh, Thursday uh, podcast here, but for the Friday podcast, which will be coming tomorrow, uh, we'll have we'll have a couple people on to talk about the Friday game, and then of course we're going to have Saturday football three games. We're going to have Sunday football. We're going to have Monday football, and then we're going to carry it all in into next week again. So. Hope everyone enjoys this. Everyone has a happy holiday season. And Lee, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Have some good, great weekend of football. All right. Thanks, everybody.